0: the oblique hermitage here are fragments and musings from a week at the word loom pigment slab and conversations with good friends as it's a between essays week the oblique hermitage i have been grinding bone ash marble dust chalk oyster shell white and ochre into various binders, gum arabic, aquafaba, linseed oil, gum tragacanth, cherry tree gum, oat gruel. My cunning plan to one day wean people off plastic marker pens when they see how great metal marks made on prepared grounds can look. Bold, permanent, soft, shiny, grey, black, brown, golden, and so I mull things over on the slab whilst listening to podcasts. The work is long and full of haptic richness, smashing, grinding, milling, then long strokes of the brush as I lay the grounds down on watercolour paper before making test marks on them next week. Shop-bought grounds are expensive and often made of acrylic, microplastics which go straight down the plug hole, which is where the sea starts tapping the sieve to let the yellow ochre through just enough to tint the various subtle whites, the splash of water droplets from a pipette before scooping them up with a palette knife on the speckled granite slab, a 1990s placemat from the charity shop. On the other side of the kitchen, I wash my hands, then make stew from venison given me by a friend who suddenly finds she cannot eat it due to a new allergy. Dumplings form from seasoned flour made into a stiff paste. The stew thickens. I turn back to the last white to be handled today, badger dug chalk, crushed in a pestle and mortar and sieved before forming pastels from a thick mixture. My hands say, Ah, thank you, yes, no keyboards until later. My feet say, We've been stood here all day, may we take a rest? reading Cennini's 15th century instructions for bone white. Take the thigh or wing bones of a chicken or capon which have been thrown under the table. There being no hunting dogs here, nor any bones under my table, I obtained bone ash from a potter's supplier, as authentic bone china is made with it at one twenty-fifth the price of buying it from an art supplier. This is a favourite pastime of mine. Taking materials, methods, metaphors and formulae from one context to another. Cookery, pottery, geology, art, archaeology, crafts. Always the go-between. Mercury, never settling. It leads to greater inclusivity for my students. Art is for all, not just the wealthy. I am happy bobbing in the waste stream. On the kitchen windowsill, storm-tossed oyster shells and cuttlefish bones become white pigment fizzing in citric acid that I normally use to make cordials. Tomorrow's lunch eggshells will follow them. There is no end to the possible transformations. I suddenly recall Mrs. Monk, my dear chemistry teacher from school, smiling, hydrolyzing water to oxygen and hydrogen. The squeaky pop catalysis, the platinum-coated cathode and anode, the immense capability in her hands and mind. She left a career running a bauxite smelting factory, to come and teach us southern girls in her lilting northern accent, a novelty. Directly upstairs, Ms Pascoe Griffey and Mrs Matthews, in the art department above the chemistry labs, warmed the kiln for our pots prepared the screens for prints and laid out their own gouaches for the month-long detailed paintings I like to do every lunchtime of classic still-life setups, a Alizarin Crimson. The name still conjures deep red velvet behind an earthenware jug. Both classrooms, full of hundreds of deeply satisfying hours of paying rapt attention to the real, Today, that same deep peace descended in my tiny kitchen, in the blessed process, an admixture of art and science, which are in no way opposed, both being creative endeavours. Stir, crush, brush, assess, make notes, adjust. Bless you, Mrs Monk, for showing me a woman's place is in her lab. The Universal Set A wonderful Valentine's night spent talking over Zoom with author and campaigner Anthea Lawson. Many Venn diagrams and you can only have two of the three sides, triangles were drawn around life, art, activism and relationship. Anthea had seen my triangles in an earlier substack and wanted to see if it applied in her realm too. The best ones will pop up in our next books in our wildly different contexts. I find diagrams a useful way to think about seemingly intractable things. Much laughter and deep conversation. We plan a podcast when our books are written. Well, we shall see. All summer down the beach. I don't use AI in making art or writing, but after rereading Haddon Turner's piece on authenticity... I find the transcription and audio editing tool I'm using for this and have done for a year does indeed use AI. I don't use it for creating any audio, only removing gaps, coughs, ums and fluffed lines. But still, there it is. AI has no play. It is instrumental. When you use it, it is using you. That's not the same as play within a culture cheating collaboration shame thrill loss risk fun rules what can be got away with what can be salvaged absorption winging it none of that is algorithmic it is the syntax of socialization a form of grooming according to david fleming all the places we once played out of sight and earshot of others, out of contact until dinner time or the end of the holidays, no one surveilling us, is how we became humans of our culture. If one only plays on screens, one becomes accustomed into the culture of the machine, which is to say, there are no customs, nor any culture, only means and outcomes. Mass. I find that joy has the same weight as water and is as true a source of buoyancy as long as I don't try to grasp it.